Buonasera a tutti, good evening and welcome to the Italian Radio Hour. Io sono Viviana and I would like to welcome back our regular listeners and also welcome any new listeners. Also be sure to like us on Instagram and Facebook at the Italian Radio Hour and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch up on any past video interviews. Vorrei dare il benvenuto ai nostri ascoltatori da tutto il mondo, grazie per essere con noi anche oggi, mentre continuiamo il nostro viaggio per l'Italia e la cultura italiana. I'm super excited to have our very special guest with us, Laura Caparrotti, who is the President and Artistic Director of KIT, Kairos Italy Theatre, because today we are going to um, uh, go through a journey of the first iterations of the Italian theatre in America through the actors of today's theater in New York, thanks to her latest productions, Tutti in Scena. Ma prima, pubblicità. Parli italiano? Do you want to learn, improve, or master your Italian? Istituto Mondo Italiano can help. Located in the heart of Regent Square, Mondo Italiano offers small group classes and one-on-one private tutoring to help you learn Italian in no time. Visit us online at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org. Benvenuta Laura, benvenuta al programma. Grazie, grazie e salve a tutti. So, um, uh, just a little bit of a background of our connection. Uh, I guess maybe we share a mutual, maybe even Facebook uh, group, uh, where uh, a couple of months ago I saw um, Laura's post say, I did a thing, I did a documentary about Italian theater in, uh, in New York City. And that little post triggered a lot of curiosity on my end. I was able to um, get in touch with uh, Laura not knowing that she was also from Rome. And over uh, this past Christmas, we would also share a beautiful meal together to get to know oneself, uh, one, one another in person. Um, but a little bit about uh, Laura. She's the founding artistic director of the main Italian theater company in New York, Kairos Italy Theater, and of Inscena, Italian Theater Film Festival New York, the first Italian theater festival to take place in all five New York boroughs. And also she inaugurated uh, the onstage, the first uh, American Theater Festival in Rome as an associate director. She has um, many different titles under her belt, um, she is indeed bridging a lot of the cultural activities between Italy and the United States. And recently, um, the project that triggered my curiosity was her uh, documentary uh, that received also the prestigious um, award um, by the Italian Americans, by the Russo brothers, which is Tutti in Scena. Uh, Laura, let's, uh, let's actually um, go back in time uh, Roma, New York. Can you tell us a little bit um, what brought you to the States? And uh, let's embark on this memory journey. Um, so it was 1993. Um, uh, my, I danced since I was little. And so my uh, dance school at the time was offering uh, classes uh, in English and in, in uh, and dance classes in New York City. They were actually offering it in New York, London, or Paris. It was three weeks. You, in applying on those uh, classes, you were getting 
a certain amount of hours of English and a certain amount of hours of dance. And so my mom, who is not with us anymore, she used to say that she said, oh, you went to London already. Oh, let me say that London and, and, and New York, they had the jazz style, which at that time I was doing a lot. And Paris had, had only the ballet. So I, you know, I did ballet when I was little. So I was like, okay, one of the two. And my mom said, you know, you went to London, go to, to New York. And so I arrived here July 4th, 1993. And I like to say that because it's like, really. Uh, it's All the like, fireworks were for you, Laura. For yes. And also, you know, it's my rebirth somehow. And then I, I fall in love with the city completely. And I came back uh, uh, for two summers in 94 and 95. And then in 96, there was a mix of things like I was doing theater. I was not happy. I felt like I was not going to go anywhere in Italy just by doing what I was doing, my work. And so I, and I was, I was working with very big directors, but I felt like it was difficult to achieve what I wanted to achieve just by staying there. So I said, you know what, I'm going for nine months. And mm -hmm. I did an internship at the kitchen, which at the time was like one of the most experimental places you could ever think of. And is uh, uh, it, it was uh, uh, really different from my experience of traditional theater. So I came here for nine months and I never left. And, and that's the end of the story. That's the there end is, of uh, the one-way ticket almost. <laughs> yeah, the one-way ticket. But I, and, and I have to say, and I say it all the time, uh, I was able to do that also because my parents, they were supporting me in this decision. They never went against it. They never said, what are you doing? They always said, you want to stay there, you stay there. Mm -hmm. And that is something that even when my father died in 98, he, my mom said, you stay in New York if you want to stay in New York, which is, it's, you know, it's, I it's always say. To, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, yeah, I say to parents, you really need to support your children because mm -hmm. it's their lives and, and it's, it's important. And mm -hmm. I am a, a, a living example that is very important. Uh, so when you were you were in Italy, you were indeed with, uh, if I remember correctly, another company, Le uh, Gramaglie, and then eventually um, there was some um, little artist, not an artistic, like a coincidence. You were walking in Rome, or you were looking at an exhibit where you um, got the inspiration for what it would become the name, the new name yeah. of the theater yeah. uh, company. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so Le Gramaglia was, you know, we were young and a group of friends doing doing uh, uh, theater all together. I was also working with big directors in big theaters and doing uh, tour uh, tours that were lasting five months. Uh, but um, so we put together this group uh, and a friend of mine, Uberto Kovacevic, who's still an actor uh, and has an acting school in Arezzo as well, uh, said, oh, let's call it like Gramaglia. And then um, I don't remember why I needed, I wanted to change the name. There was something that made me thinking I need to change the name. And I went to see this uh, exhibition at the, um, uh, at the Palazzo dell'Esposizione in Via Nazionale. 
and, uh, and there was a, an exhibition on Lisippo and on the figure of Kairos, which is fan a fantastic figure to me because it's uh, the right occasion taken at the right time. So it has hair on the forehead, but doesn't have the hair in the back of his head because you can grab the, the your chance, your good chance mm -hmm. when he's arriving, but not when he's leaving. <laughs> it's it's a little bit different from Carpe Diem. It's really taking the uh, the, the 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 right chance at the moment that is arriving, mm -hmm. having the courage, and mm -hmm. and and not waiting to you know to. I think a Carpe Diem is a little bit more. Uh, wide as a meaning. Okay, and so this see one the opportunity really, when it comes. Yeah, see the right opportunity yeah. when I when I. Uh, so I I you know at that time there was no internet. Uh, when I, when internet arrived, I discovered that there were and there are so many uh, organization named uh, Kairos. That means that is is uh, a, a symbol that uh, really. Um, is loved by uh, by so many, mm -hmm. but it's a beautiful one. And then when I came to New York, so we started to do theater with uh, the name Kairos. And then when I came to New York, again, we started to do theater in Italian, uh, thanks to Mario Fratti and Valentina Fratti. They had a theater on 30th Street called the Miranda Theater. Mm -hmm. And Mario was given uh, for free the, the space to Italians hmm. uh, on Sunday and Monday to, to do whatever they wanted. Uh, you couldn't move anything, but you could use the space. And so we started to do programs in Italian. And coming from Italy, I was doing what I used to do in Italy. And we started to have a good audience. So, mm -hmm. you know, to make it more official, I put the name. The name was Kairos, and everyone was like, oh, so you're from Egypt. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I put the Italy in it just to say that I was not from Egypt. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it became Kairos Italy Theater. And then one of our members was still a, a, a dear friend. Um, one day she said, oh, when is the kit rehearsal? And I was like, who's kit? Kairos <laughs> Italy Theater. Oh, so the acronym was created. Yeah, it was, and it was, and now some they know us as uh, Kairos, some Kit, some Kairos Italian Theater, some Kairos Italian Theater. But the fact is, because Kit is so famous, I in we we just turned twenty three, mm -hmm. and I never I was never able to change the name because everyone knows Kit. So yeah. okay, that is the name forever. So uh, it looks like the mission of KIT uh, is actually to create cultural exchange programs between Italy and, and the US and the international community um, as well. And uh, so um, you have a variety, you know, you said in uh, at the beginning that you started with uh, um, productions in Italian. Uh, but my understanding is that eventually also the programming evolved into presenting maybe Italian authors translating in English. So there is this kind of uh, fluid movement um, of, um, you know, offering Italian theater in Italian, Italian theater in English to reach out a broader. Absolutely. Audience. Absolutely. Because at the beginning, we started out in Italian. Um I have to say, I started to act in English only, in, I think it was 2014 or 2015. 
I didn't have the courage to do anything in English. Um, uh, but yeah, we started with Italian. And then even though most of my members, they spoke perfect English and they still speak perfect English. Uh, then uh, we did bilingual. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we don't do anymore, which is a shame because it was the double theater. So a first act, the first uh, presented in, in English with one cast and one director, mm -hmm. then intermission and presented the same one act in Italian with another cast and another director. Mm -hmm. And it was really good to do that because you could see the same show, but in different languages at the same time because mm -hmm. we were selling it as one show. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we started to do really a, a theater in translation. Our company, Cairo Italy Theater, is all about Italy, Italian author uh, from the past to the contemporary scene of theater in Italy. And, and so, but we translate and, and we, we show what the beauty of Italian theater. Mm -hmm. uh, to the American audience, and not only because we travel a lot. So, mm -hmm. And yeah. also you, you, you serve as a vector to give exposure to maybe less well-known um, uh, playwrights, Italian playwrights, who might not be as known in Italy as well. You have some awards or some competitions, is that yes. correct? Yes, so I, I will say that 99% uh, of the playwrights, the Italian playwrights are not known in America. 99.9%, I would say. Uh, there are some cases, for instance, if you take uh, Stefano Massini, which uh, now with the Lehman uh, trilogy, you know, it won the, the Tony Awards, the, the show that was done in London, so it was adapted by someone else. But anyway, he was here. He received the award as well. They did three shows of, because he, he's a very prolific playwright. They did uh, two or three other plays by Stefano Massini. Uh, one of Broadway and I think two of, of Broadway, uh, but that's it, end of story. And, and now we don't, I mean, it's like it's gone. Uh, they do sometimes Pirandello. They do sometimes uh, now, very rarely Dario Fa. And and it's interesting that they don't do. They do a lot of commedia dell'arte. Here there is you know this idea commedia dell'arte is the Italian theater, but they don't do Goldoni, which mm -hmm. is interesting. It's very rare to see Goldoni. And even Edoardo De Filippo, which was more than when uh, I came here. 30, 27 years ago than uh, um, now. So oh, there is a lot to choose from, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. There is a lot. And uh, and so we uh, go, we have the classics like, um, you know, uh, the Mandrake Root, La Mandragola, the Decameron, or the Worth of Women in Merito delle Donne, which was a, a discovery for me as well, because I didn't know about this book published in 1600 about how women are more worth it than men if, give, if uh, uh, they're given the same uh, chance than uh, men. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredible book. 
can um, we are in residence at Casa Italiana Zerilli Marimo, which if you see the video is behind is my background, mm -hmm. and uh, and and I was just given the, the book by Stefano Albertini, the director. Mm -hmm. He said do something with it, and I didn't know. And I'm Italian, and I studied in Italy, and I did you know liceo classico, I did classical studies, and I did the university lettere. I didn't know about this book. So it, there is also the is opportunity to discover more. And then we do the contemporary. The contemporary, uh, we have the big names, Flaiano, Franca Valeri. We did the Buzzati once. Uh, and then uh, we have the contemporary alive, let's say. Uh, and we give an award within Ischena Italian Theater Festival New York. We give the Mario Fratti Award because Mario, Mario was such a part of our, uh, um, our um, how to say, uh, walk into the theater world in, uh, in New York. And, uh, and uh, the award is uh, translation, the reading during the festival that is usually in May, then uh, um, publication, and then uh, an off of production. Mm -hmm. So the playwright can see how it works uh, uh, in front of a, an American audience. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's been very interesting to see the different plays uh working on uh, you know on a new york stage and actually one of these plays is going to london in two weeks is going to open in a very important festival in, for independent theater the vault festival mm -hmm. and is because it was done in new york that the translator which is carlotta brentano is a collaborator since 2010 mm -hmm. and and she's also the director of this particular play. They, she's already there. She's, I think, she started rehearsal yesterday or today. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's this uh, uh, wish to bring Italian uh, theater, and not only to bring Italian theater to the states, but to make understanding the American audience, uh, not only the audience, also the theater makers that Italian theater is not a different kind of theater. It's theater. Mm -hmm. And if it's, if it's a play, is good, it's good. Yeah. And uh, I totally agree. I went, uh, when I was living in, in Turkey, my husband and I went to a play. Obviously, he's a uh, native speaker, and I wasn't. But, uh, um, and my Turkish is very limited. At some point, I didn't feel that there was a language barrier. The The acting was so involving and there were so many emotions released. And, uh, you know, I just had asked my husband a little synopsis just to figure out initially who was who. But I was I was amazed. And uh, that is that is uh, uh, correct. And uh, so you obviously involved in a lot of different uh, programs and productions. And uh, obviously, when I stumble upon these um, uh, pictures of yours, um, and oh. about the ABCs. I, although I'm also a teacher of Italian, I would love to come and learn Italian from you. Can you tell? Prof, me? It's not me. This is <laughs> Professor Margherita. Absolutely. Don't say yeah. because she may come and you know be not nice to you. She's a diva professor. 
Okay, she's a diva professor. So what could, uh, this is a program, a traveling program. You have done it with uh, uh, many schools and not only just in your uh, area in uh, in New York, you have indeed traveled uh, DC, New Jersey, Florida, Long Island, maybe even Pittsburgh at some point in the future. I hope uh, so. What can the audience uh, expect from this uh, diva teacher? <laughs> so she has... Her own method. This is a performance, I want to say, uh, I want to point out because I remember years ago, I don't remember where I was doing it. And some people said, oh, this is uh, ridiculous. It, uh, learning Italian in one hour. I was like, it's a performance. <laughs> <laughs> Let's that is a, the expectations. It's right. a joke. <laughs> but anyway, so she goes ABC, that means A come amore, uh -huh. B come buono, e C come città. Mm -hmm. And it's based on um, as actually it's based on a sketch by my friend Uberto Kovacevic, who I mentioned earlier, with mm -hmm. uh, uh, about this. Uh, the, there is an homicide, and you have six uh, uh, witnesses, but one is from Udine, one is from Milan, one is from Florence, one is from Rome, one is from Napoli, one is from Palermo. Mm -hmm. So they have a different uh, way to tell the story. Mm -hmm. um and that so is in italian play, you play also with daleks or pronunciation yeah yeah. Bit. <laughs> yeah and so that is the end but it goes into the beginning the beginning is really this uh this uh diva teacher uh the great professor margarita <laughs> who uh teaches a little bit about the fact that italy was not just uh a big country uh, and we've been so different different uh, and we're still very different in the way we speak in the way we love in the way we eat and and in the way we witness an homicide and so it's all about that is mm -hmm. is traveling through Italy and showing the differences and it's a funny play it's really a funny one person show uh, and is um yeah, and one of the things that I love most is that the audience uh, uh, laugh a lot and uh, uh, we have fun. And at the end, <laughs> some of them, uh, they were like, oh, now I understand better the differences, which <laughs> is not, was not my really goal at the beginning when I did it the first time. But it's uh, yeah, and it's and it's funny. Uh, I think I told you that yesterday that is one of these shows. Is now is a uh, well, there was a pandemic, so but now is a while that I'm not doing it. But it's uh, the, it's the show that I bring around. Like it's it's like the easiest show to bring around, mm -hmm. and it's been for years. I've been asked to do the show, so it's the only show that I don't promote at all. Because, because we like, come yeah. and find you. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame in, because it's, it's very funny. They even, I was even asked to do uh, a second show with Professor Margarita. And, and yes, she's, she's, she's a character. The mm -hmm. only thing is I was thinking about it and then I never did it because now I'm doing, you know, I'm focusing yeah. on something else, but maybe sooner or later there will be a second show. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking that there may be a second show. Uh, one of the my latest focus after the worth of women is really it was interesting because 2017 was the work worth of women in 2018 I was commissioned by Vassar College to do a show on Elena Cornaro Piscopia mm -hmm. 
mm -hmm. the first uh, PhD in the world, 1678. And so after that, I was like, you know, it's very interesting to discover lives of women, Italian women that are really unknown. We did the work of women in Italian uh, this past summer in Italy. And people was like, wow, where did you find the text? I was like, it's an Italian book. <laughs> no one knows about it. Yeah. And everyone, everyone was like, is it Italian? Yeah, it's Italian. You can find it. It's, I mean, you don't find it easily. But it's it's incredible, and Elena Cornaro. Uh, also, uh, I do this uh, performance with a violinist Ludovica Burtone, which is a jazz mm -hmm. violinist, fantastic, and she and 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 is about you know the story of Elena and everything that went inside her, and there is this dialogue with the violin. So, and now we are doing a, a lecture performance on Adelaide Ristori, which is another great. It was the first diva, but also she was traveling, which to me is amazing. In 1800, the middle of 1800, she was traveling from Europe to Australia, to mm -hmm. South America, to North America, and performing in Italian, in French, and in English. Mm -hmm. And so I want to do, I want really uh, put some light in on all those women that did so much and they're very little known. Mm -hmm. And uh, so um, comes uh, 2020, uh, as I said, probably those two years that were uh, everyone had to find also their coping mechanism uh, to go through the pandemic. A lot of great uh, research books. Um, I don't want to call them product projects. That's what I was uh, I was looking for. Uh, came to life. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, that is a little bit how also Tutti in Scena was, uh, was born around. Uh, we can give him a birth date of about 2020 when uh, you received the good news that you were awarded the prestigious grant for documentary on Italian-Americans by the, the Russo brothers. And uh, along with um, uh, Luca, um, you guys, you know, went back and forth a little bit about uh, proposing a, a topic uh, that then you brought forward that yeah. would shed light on the origins of Italian theater in New York. Yes. Uh, basically, Luca Martera, it, it, 2020 was supposed to be our 20th anniversary. We had so many <laughs> things planned. And well, of course we didn't, we did the very 1% mm -hmm. because we, until March, we were able to do something and then we all know what happened. Mm -hmm. But before that, Luca was like, oh, why don't you um, celebrate with a documentary? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's say that I've never made a documentary in my life. I'm a theater person. I have no idea about video. I know now I have to know something because of self-tapes. But otherwise, I, you know, I reject video. I am a theater person. <laughs> and, and so Luca said, yeah, there is this uh, grant, but you have to talk about Italian-American themes. And, and years earlier, I, I had discovered Farfariello. I had discovered other uh, authors, other actors. It was a, a fascinating story to mm -hmm. me. Never thought of doing anything, but a fascinating story. So... 
uh, we sat to talk and we, we did a pro uh, he did a, a subject that I changed a little bit because I wanted the, the company of today to talk about the actors of yesterday. And then, uh, yes, I won the, the grant. At that point, we were in full pandemic. And so we, it, it was like, what do I do? What do I do? And I started to look into internet and to find uh, traces. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's, it's very sad to say that um, there's not so much. And what there is, is very scattered mm -hmm. everywhere. A lot of books are out of print. I found them in uh, eBay. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's been interesting to do everything on internet. Mm -hmm. But because I was able to access also places that were far from me. And I met some of the protagonists through internet. I met the granddaughter of the grandson. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, it was an interesting process. And then in 2021, so the grant goes that... Once you receive the money, you have four months or five months, if I remember correctly, uh, five or four months to, to do the documentary and give it to the Russo mm -hmm. Brothers Film Forum so they can choose the first three. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, so I waited until June 2021 because, because of the pandemic. And then I shot uh, in June and in July, but just one week in June and one week in July, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then I have in my company, uh, I, I will say in my family, I have all these wonderful talents that are not just actors, but are directors, editors, cameramen. So they all came and helped. Mm -hmm. And Casa Italiana then said, you know, we are going to support as well the documentary. So I have more money to pay everyone and to do everything I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we did it and we added it in one month in August. And, uh, and again, I never done a documentary in my life. So I didn't know what I was doing. Emanuele Secchi was an actor. We, we met in 1996. We are still friends. We are still acting together. He's a director and editor. <laughs> he really hold my... Uh, have they say, okay, this is what we do. This is how you do a film. This is because I was like in theater. So, oh no, we try, we think. And he was like, no, no, there's no time to try or think you do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, no, I can't. So, you know, it was, uh, he was very good with me uh, mm -hmm. because sometimes I know I was very difficult. Also I was scared because when you don't know anything, you have no idea where, what to do really. Well, it doesn't yeah. look like, it, it doesn't look like in the- But then, and my <laughs> surprise was at the end of September receiving the email that I was uh, the finalist. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. But, and this is to say that it's, it's the passion I think that I put into into the work because I find as I do with the women I want to shed light to the women I wanted uh, to give light to this part of history that is completely mm -hmm. left out and we don't talk about and they were doing a great job for the community 
it was not just the theater. It was bringing together the community, talking about their problems through theater and raising money for important causes or for uh, you know uh, tragedies that happen like now in Turkey. Mm-hmm. So they were doing things through the theater and they were coming together through the theater. So the theater had a real social meeting, which unfortunately doesn't have today. Like it was, it was really vital. Uh, you, you've seen the documentary. There is a, um, Naham Sado, which is, uh, she's a, a professor uh, of Yiddish theater, one of the major experts. And she was saying that uh, immigrants were eating bread smeared with theater. That's they prefer to save money to go to and to eat less by going to the theater yes. because it was making mm-hmm. them feel better. Um, and then you know, let's uh, let's let's go into you know the the actual um, documentary because also. <clears throat> One thing that I got out of the conversation also with this professor is that the Italians also brought the theater transition that was already uh, pretty strong. So, um, you know, the immigration brought both the immigrants and the performers and the audience, uh, so to speak. And um, um, as you said, the theater was indeed a, a vital part of their lives, of their coming together and being a community. If we were to, if we look at 88 Mulberry, uh, can we trace back some names um, that people should be familiar with as they might pursue, wanted to find out more information? Who could, uh, one name would you associate um, as being a pillar um, back in those uh, in those times for the first amateur uh, well, the first one, there is um, Guglielmo Ricciardi, who uh, uh, is interesting because he, he wrote his uh, bio, but, which again, also out of print, uh, but, um, and La, La Ricciardiana, mm-hmm. and, is, um, and it's not clear why he arrived to New York, but he arrived and he started to work with the amateur companies. And one was uh, on 88 uh, Mulberry Street, which was uh, the Banca Malzone, which you find in all the images, the most uh, iconic images of Little Italy of the time uh, of late 1800 is the Banca Malzone. You can see the sign Banca Malzone. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the the Fausto Malzone was a banker, in the in the building that he owns, he had um, a travel agency, a winery, uh, or a wine shop, I should say, mm-hmm. and some rooms that he gave to the, this amateur company that was doing shows to get money for, uh, uh, as we said, for uh, to, to to send to Italy, really? mm-hmm. for different reasons. And so Guglielmo Ricciardi was though a professional actor. So after that, he started to know the community and he was living in Brooklyn. And then uh, another uh, bank, La Banca Sessa, gave him uh, the opportunity to do, to have his own company and to do a show in Brooklyn. A show in Neapolitan because Lure Turno da Buenos Aires 
because most of the population there was Neapolitan. Mm -hmm. But to me, the most important one is Antonio Maiori, which did what we are doing now, bringing the theater that he used to do in Europe, because he was traveling Europe with Hermete, Hermete Zacconi, that was a famous actor like Eleonora Duse, was like the major actor. He was touring Europe with different kind of plays, like mm -hmm. the regular plays, not the other plays in the dialect, even though he was Sicilian. And so he started to do Shakespeare, he started to do Feydeau, he started to do uh, Moliere, he started to do uh, the theater that he was doing in Europe. Mm -hmm. and, and he was, you can find traces of him at Folger Library in Washington that is dedicated to Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. So it's, he was really, he was a character. I mean, he had uh, many partners and a lot of children. But, and his uh, granddaughter who just died a few di days ago, oh. Olga Candalonga, oh, yeah. yes. Oh. Olga died a few days ago. Uh, she was 101 and she was fantastic. And she said in the documentary, she remembers the, her grandfather, all dressed in white, very, you know, fancy and feeling like a diva. Uh, and you could tell, but that is, uh, that is, those are the names. Mm -hmm. Of course, and then there is Farfariello, Eduardo Migliaccio. There was uh, Eduardo Migliaccio. Uh, yes. Now, Farfariello also brings, uh, as I said, we have the Neapolitan dialect, we have the Italian, we have some sort of Italian-English where he actually documented some language that doesn't exist anymore. And his grandsons um, do have a collection of, um, of a lot of the memorabilia, a lot of the, the masks. Yeah. And uh, yeah. um, so the preservation, the material is going to be also very important. Yeah. And this is when we showed the documentary at Casa Italiana um, on um, January 30th, everyone was there. And then Richard Migliaccio, who is the grandson who was really archiving everything, was saying he just did a, a website just to, you know, say, I exist and this, this material exists. But he was saying, I don't know where to give the costumes, so I don't know where to give the wigs, the masks, and et cetera, et cetera. Because a lot of uh, visual material went to uh, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. The immigration center is in Minnesota, I think. I always confuse the state. but So they got something, but they couldn't get everything. And he has an amazing a basement that is a museum. I think he should, you know, open a museum because it's so beautiful and so precious. And he would say, I don't know what to do. The same with the granddaughter of Olga. And she was saying, and actually I have some stuff here with me in my house because I promised to take care of, of those, a couple of scripts and other and pictures. And, and she would say, you know, I am the only one caring about the, these. Uh, and after me, no one will care in my family. So I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Which is to me, uh, I mean, I'm glad I did documentary. At least there is something. And I'm glad that Richard is doing a website. I, I did a website for the documentary that 
I'm very, you know, with all the things I'm doing, it's always, always behind schedule. But is uh, I want to put everything to point out people, if you're looking for something, you can find, mm-hmm. you know, material here, material there, get the, the you can get this website, you can get material in this library, or uh, there are the, the great granddaughters and sons of this actor. Mm-hmm. And there are so many stories, Viviana, so many stories. That is incredible. It, it will take, Joseph Shara of uh, CUNY told me, you know what? This is the first of 12 episodes. And I would say, I will argue that it, it could be the first of 30, 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. Because each each person brought so much. There is my next project, because I want to do now the second documentary, uh, is on the women, mm-hmm. which I didn't know that they were beside mothers and wives, they were the administrator of all these companies and we'll get we'll get we'll get to the women i just wanted to spend another two seconds uh talking about the because these might be names that no one is familiar with so i just wanted and at least they were not familiar to me when i watched the documentary the first time around and then the the second and third time around with uh uh, you know a notebook and uh and a pen to write this name. So what what did Farfariello and his art represent? What was unique about his art? He uh, took the macchiette, which is a Neapolitan, let's say for the beginning of 1900, a form of theater that was really done in Varietà, uh, where you get, macchiette means a a little spot, Mm -hmm. because you, take uh, the characteristics of a little spot of people mm-hmm. and so and you make it into one person so you know the, the, a person a cert, certain people that speaks in a certain way or walk in a certain way or talk about something so it's a little spot so they did uh, the maquette in naples and he was from cava di tirani he did some maquette in naples but he made the, the characters, the protagonist of his maquette, which are called maquette coloniali, are the people from Mulberry Street. Mm-hmm. He went to uh, America and he worked in Pennsylvania as, and he was writing letters for the Italians to send back to Italy. And, and so he got so many stories, so many the way they were speaking, which I will argue, said that there's not anymore. I actually speak like that because we say, you know, fare la laundry mm-hmm. or prendere l'elevator. So mm-hmm. it's not so different. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and, the, and he made it into this, uh, this uh, survey of Italians at that time, not only the way they were speaking or they were feeling but what they were doing there is the uh, character that I do because I did it for the Italian American the big documentary PBS documentary I the, the the piece that you see me doing Farfariello is from Italian American mm-hmm. uh, by John Maggio I didn't I didn't 
get the final cut. I was not in the final cut, but I I did uh, I did for them. So I have this beautiful shooting of me doing Farfariello. And Pasquale Passaguaye tells us the story of this worker that goes from Pennsylvania to New York. And he really goes into all the troubles possible because there's no work unions, there's no worker rights, is uh, treated badly, he loses two fingers, but at the end he gets, they stole him things from him and so forth. And, but at the end he says, I am proud because in the buildings, there is the strength of this worker, this one. And, and it's so, so it's another, again, the value of discovering this history is also discovering not only, we're not talking about theater only, we are talking about the community and the people were there and our ancestors, the people who came here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and eventually also, um, you know, these um, uh, playwright uh, were also very uh, socially uh, conscious, you know, they, the, uh, the theater became also a place where they could um, maybe talk about events, criticize events, uh, the monologues about il pezzente, uh, it's fantastic, and uh, um, you know it's uh, denouncing the, the the system, and uh, talks about the prisoner who gives this monologue to explain his crime, being poor. It, yeah. it is amazing, and it's amazing, and it is it's very long, but uh, it is really incredible, and and again, it was a way to when the rights of workers were not, didn't exist. If you think that uh, the, the triangle- uh, um, Actually, uh, sure. Yeah, we had- Yeah, fire was 1911. So we don't have before uh, many uh, rights. Uh, we don't have rights actually. And uh, and so they those, they were, saying you know we need some rights we need we need you need to look at us there is all there is all this stuff we i just got a couple of sentences in the documentary where he's talking about trying even to ask for money in the street and no one looks at him actually they're they they walk away because they're afraid they don't want to you know be bothered by him so it's, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, 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 um, very long and very beautiful piece. And it was, it was done before the shows because there were longer shows. Mm-hmm. The theater was like an entire night. From seven to midnight. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Um, and also it was, uh, I, I believe you indicate that, and uh, we talked about it, the theater becoming a family event. So there was free entrance for women and children, which it was not typical to uh, in those times to have women uh, women's event. And I think we can, uh, so it was very family centric type of experience. Uh, as a last topic of our conversation, let's talk about the women, the women that they were not just the wives, the, the women uh, wore different hats. They were an intrinsical part of the organizations, but also 
actors and producer, producers. Producers so, and mm -hmm. empresario, uh, administrators of all the companies and Antonietta Pisanelli, which is really uh, one of the women I wanna focus next. Uh, she went to San Francisco to establish the biggest Italian theater at the time. And, and she got first one building, then she got a build, a bigger builder building. And, and she brought the, the, the companies from the East Coast. She produced her own theater. It seems that the Coppola's grandfather uh, wrote plays for the company. Hmm. Is for sure Tina Modotti started there as an actress. So it's... It, it's incredible. Again, we think of immigrants. First of all, we think that, you know, immigrants dirty and ignorant. They come here, they work and they go home. That's it. Not true. They mm -hmm. had a very busy uh, and alive life, uh, cultural life. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we think of the women they are always portrayed uh, either their mothers and wives staying home or their workers that they go home, they go from home to work and work to home, or they are, you know, entertainers, let's put it this way. Uh, so it, they, you never see these women celebrated the way they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. There is the, the wife of uh, Nicola Sack. Rosina Sacco is beautiful uh, woman uh, was a very famous actor actress in uh, in the community and she was even after uh, her husband died she kept doing the theater to raise money for the cause mm -hmm. so you know it's uh, I think really that through the women we will discover more and more mm -hmm. and I cannot wait Absolutely. So, um, if event, so at what stage is uh, your documentary? Because, um, is it um just you have uh, actually shown it in in Rome just uh, just recently? Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, so um, how or when would the general uh, general public be able to access uh, the the documentary? Well, I am looking to bring it around. Uh, uh bring it around and showing it around. Uh, of course, I'm eager to show it to Italian-American communities because I don't think they know mm -hmm. about this uh, story. And they and I think they will love to know about this story. I think that uh, it's good for them to know about this story. And then uh, yesterday I was talking with an university here in uh, New York that uh, they're interested in... Uh, in buying the, the documentary for their collection. So I'm trying to slowly, now we have it in English and the parts in Italian, they have the subtitles in English and in Italian, where mm -hmm. the parts in Italian don't have the subtitles. So, uh, I mean, we have the subtitles in Italian for the English parts. So we have in Italy and in the English world, it's possible to see it. To watch it <laughs> uh, and so that is where i am and any um any request uh, if someone wants to show it we did we showed it at boca raton mm -hmm. uh, at the university of florida mm -hmm. 
uh, and then uh, but via Zoom, which is not ideal because Zoom is not really working, you know, doing it through internet, unless you do it through a project, you put it in a computer, it could be. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I really, I would love to travel with it and talk to the communities and explain how important is this part of history and that they should pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, as uh, we mentioned several times now, um, theater a little bit like also uh, the talking fountains in 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 Rome uh, or the Commedia dell'arte that was what uh, what was happening in society you know it was not just scripts that were written hundreds and hundreds of uh, years ago of some Greek tragedies that reflected was a true reflection of uh, uh, the themes and uh, the struggles of uh, the immigrants um, oh, um absolutely so. if you think just uh, you know we we talk about farfariello but there is also francesco ricciardi who was the king of pulcinella mm -hmm. he wrote uh, parts about putting pulcinella in america so there's different experiences and pulcinella is having experiences as an immigrant but it's pulcinella so you know he has his own way to talk and to dress about that he has these experiences. It's not the, as you said, the usual, um, the usual plays that they, or farces that they were doing. And another thing, if I may add, if we have time, is that uh, Antonio Maiori that I mentioned before, he was collaborating with the Yiddish theater, mm -hmm. and they were renting out the same theater and doing the same Shakespeare with the same set. One night in Yiddish or night in Italian to split the costs. Mm -hmm. And it's something, and I, I tell this always to my colleagues here in New York. It's like, we don't do that. And the costs now are so outrageous sometimes that we should start doing that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we should start thinking of doing something similar. Yeah. And they were collaborating, something that, again, we don't think that, you know, the these different ethnicities were collaborating with we yeah there are a few things but we don't really uh look into that mm -hmm. and uh, and there were a lot of collaborations there were a lot of uh, collaborations in politics but it's it's a beautiful it's a different subject mm -hmm. and i feel like that uh, italian americans they it will be great for them to travel all these subjects and really uh, give light and recognition to all these people. Absolutely. So, well, unfortunately, our time is up. Il Big Ben ha detto stop. It's time for us to say arrivederci e alla prossima. We want to thank you for tuning in to the program. If you have any questions or comments, or if you have any travel topics you would like us to address, please contact us at the Italian Radio Hour at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.
And remember, if you or any of your family and friends have missed a prior episode or would like to listen to this episode again, please visit our website at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org and click on the Italian Radio Hour tab or where you catch your favorite podcasts. We would like to thank our guests, Laura Caparrotti, our sponsor, Istituto Mondo Italiano, and Alla Boara for the music. And if you're not living in the Pittsburgh area or you might be out of town, remember, you can always catch our episodes also on our YouTube channel at the Italian Radio Hour dot com. Until next time, alla prossima. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.